If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. This is All Things Therapy, where we are changing consciousness, one conversation at a time. And I'm Lisa Tahir, your host. Hello there. Welcome to All Things Therapy Podcast. I am Lisa Tahir, your host. I'm a licensed therapist, as well as an intuitive and Reiki healer. Reach out to me if you're looking for a different kind of professional to work with, combining both traditional psychotherapy with more uh, intuitive and energy work type principles. You can find me and my work at my website, which is nolatherapy.com. It stands for New Orleans, Los Angeles Therapy, the two places that I live and love so very dearly. I am in New Orleans, and it is the last weekend of Mardi Gras for this year, a really fun and celebratory time. I actually went and met my dad last night. He's 84 and loves Mardi Gras and was able to be on his feet for several hours through a couple of parades, and it just was so meaningful to have that time with you, Dad. Thank you. And there's my kitty cat making an appearance as well. It's it's all, it's all wild here. <laughs> Let me tell you about our guest. I met Shanna Vavra from, she is a podcaster as well, and hosts the Sense of Soul podcast. She had me on her show, and I really felt a resonance with Shanna, whose mission is to connect with like-minded souls around the world. Her show is actually a top number one spiritual awakening podcast in 2023, which is just amazing. And Shanna is a mother of four children. She's a Reiki master teacher. She's a licensed massage therapist and an empath who studies the Gnostic Gospels, as well as other ancient texts and ancestry. And Shanna, I'm going to bring you in the stream. Let's see. Welcome. Hey, thank you for having me. You're welcome. I wanted to have you on because you're so unique in the work that you do, especially for me around the Gnostic Gospels and Holy Sophia, the goddess of wisdom and our multidimensional nature and your own journey that how you discovered your sense of soul. I'm wondering where do you feel led to start today? Well, first of all, happy Mardi Gras and one of my very first memories was in Mardi Gras watching the nuns dance. No way. Oh yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's how long ago was that? Well, you know, so this was one of my first memories, seriously. And I remember what it even felt to be on my dad's shoulders, right? Because wow. that's what we do when we were little. Yeah. And I remember the nuns were just parting it up. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I was, you know, I was less than seven. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's amazing. 
and so poignant. You know, I went to an all-girl Catholic high school here in New Orleans called Sacred Heart. And though I wasn't raised Catholic, I was raised Episcopalian and Muslim. And I got to choose mm -hmm. and have found my own spiritual path and traditions. How about you? Because yeah, tell us. Yeah, I was very, you know, I'm very deeply rooted Catholic. And when I say that, I mean, like literally, really, I'm, my family was from New Orleans from the beginning. So I, there were um, things that I found within my ancestry tree when I did my um, DNA that led me to really truly on the path that I'm on. But I found that even on those first boats that came from France to the port of New Orleans back in the 1700s, I had an ancestor who was the witness to when you would get on that boat that you were to be baptized. Whoa. So, and then I found that it was something that was coming up a lot. Of course, it was part of the black code. So all slaves also were to be baptized and they got Sundays off. And I also have Cajun in me, which, you know, many know that this is from Acadia, right? When yes. they deported and, and really put just put everybody down in the bayou. And they also, they were told, you know, here's your land and also go down to the church and get your kids baptized. So when I realized that this was really kind of not the theme of like the 13 colonies where it was, you know, free religion, right? The land of the free, that independence was really of religion. Ooh, well, that's what they thought it was. Sad. Down you know, in Louisiana, which was covering 20 different states at one point, was not the case really. That's so interesting. Mm -hmm. How has that influenced? <laughs> and the way you want to work with people and, and be in the world. Right. So, you know, growing up, um, you know, in this kind of Southern hospitality, you know, right. And trying to play the part as, as a woman um, was something I really admired. I mean, I really wanted to be as faithful and as good as I wanted to be like my mama. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah. And, but, you know, looking back, she had, this is such a, I'd say, ancestral, generational, almost martyr mentality. And, okay. You know, moving to Colorado, I moved to Colorado, which is like the complete opposite of Louisiana. Yes. And, uh, met many women who, um, you know, they had grandmothers who had went to college and they were working. And, you know, this was different than what I had, you know, witnessed growing up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, I wanted to do different. In fact, um, one of the first real realizations of that was with my partner. And after I had my daughter, uh, she was about two years old. And he says, well, aren't you going to work? And I was like, what? Are you crazy? <laughs> you know, I just have, I have a baby. But, you know, his mother had owned a business, you know, um, when he was two years old. And so I just, we started to have you know, kind of an understanding that we came from two different backgrounds and he didn't think I was sitting at home eating bonbons and, right. you know, and, and I understood that he was really looking for a partnership. So I began to kind of shift the way I saw the world and what kind of mother I wanted to be and how I wanted my daughters to be. Okay. And so, you know, really, I truly was starting to awaken from there. And I asked myself how much of what I was living and how much of what I believed in had I truly experienced for myself first 
how much had I been told to believe and told to be? And what did you discover about that proportion? <laughs> well, I discovered there was a lot more um, in the world than the little condition box that I was living in. That's for sure. And I started to, you know, use mindfulness and other practices and tools throughout my journey that really people looked at them as like voodoo, right? <laughs> oh, don't, <laughs> don't be doing that. But, and I even was warned, you know, you're going into dark places doing mm. those things. But I kept finding peace within those things. Yes. And um, I really just, my beliefs started to kind of expand. Yeah. And I started to do some research and re actually it started with just picking up the Bible and reading it for the first time with new eyes. Yeah. And what did you mm -hmm. discover? Well, I really couldn't get past like those first few chapters in Genesis. And I started to think to myself, could aliens be angels? Because they sure do sound yeah. <laughs> kind of like that. And I just, I really started to, it, you know, actually I felt in some way I was going through almost religious trauma syndrome, to be mm -hmm. honest with you, which is an actual term now, which kind of made me feel a little less alone in what I was going Absolutely. through. Yeah. 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 And I, you know, and I really wanted to kind of explore, um, you know, I wanted to explore within my faith as well. And so I was led to the Gnostic Gospels. And I feel like I was led there by much synchronicity. It was really almost like it was orchestrated by something divine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there was lots of synchronicity. So Gnostic Gospels, when I looked into that, I learned that it has to do with the stories of those storytellers, like the story of, say, the apostles' lives, of Jesus' lives. Is that accurate? Well, you know, okay, so what made the cut or made the book was, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. This yeah. is what we're most familiar with, but we know that he had many other followers. So these are the Gospels that didn't make the cut, pretty much. Wow, okay. Yeah. Say more yeah. about that. So, and you know, they were found in the 1950s, I believe, the 1940s, okay. 1950s, around there. And they were found in Egypt in the Nagamati, and they were buried. And so when they were uncovered, they were also in what is known as the ASCII code. So they were kind of in code because they were considered heresy, right? Yeah. And heresy, I end up finding out in Greek, means choice. Wow. So... Yeah. And so wow. you think about that and you're like, wait a minute. So anything outside of the canon really was heresy. And you could be killed for this. And people were. And many of the people who may have believed and had been um, circulating those Gnostic Gospels were killed. Like, for instance, the Cathars, which not many people know about, but that definitely was a genocide, much like the Holocaust. Really? Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Wow. Yeah. These were Christians, right? These were yeah. Christians who did believe in Jesus and believe that he was the Messiah, believe many of the same stories, but yet these were not included in the Canon Bible. They didn't make the cut. So therefore they were heresy. And okay. So they were discovered in the forties or fifties and mm -hmm. shared public with the world yeah. You know, even Carl Young had a, um, had a Gnostic gospel. I think it was the 
I, I'm not, I'm not hundred percent, but it might've been the apocryphal of John. So a lot of these books were also known as the apocryphal text, these early yeah, Christian. I've heard yes. of that. Yes. yes. And you know, one recently that I've been working on is mother Mary. Okay. So I just felt like I owed her um, a chapter in my book, which I'm writing about a lot of the women that were left out. And I, and, you know, I sat with, you know, most Catholics know who St. Anne is, right? St. Anne is the mother of, um, is the grandmother of Jesus, mother of Mary. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. So, but how do you know that? You know, um, it's not in the Bible, right? And so, no. And so where it is, though, is in the apocryphal text. And so I found one that was was included in those Gnostic Gospels. The infancy of John also, or so the infancy of James, I'm sorry, was found, I think, before the Gnostic Gospels. But there's also one that was the Nativity of Mary. And that one was in the Gnostic Gospels, in the Nagamati. And then I found the same exact story in the Quran. Really? And what you find is a whole beautiful story of Mary when she was a baby. And how wow. she came into the world, the story of... St. Anne and her husband, St. Joachim. And you hear this miraculous story that Anne also was barren and had received word from an angel, Gabriel, who had said, you, you will have a child, you will have a child who will, you know, be famous, you know, throughout time and have the seed of the Savior. Mm-hmm. And so she has this baby and they name her Mary then what's really amazing is that she's kind of miraculous. She's doing, she's walking at six months old and she's doing things that are just showing them signs that, you know, she is from directly from source. And so they bring her to the temple. And at the time, Zacharias or Zachariah, um, Elizabeth's husband, come to find out, was the temple priest. And he said, bring her to me when she's done weaning. And so at three years old, they bring little Mary to the temple to live. Wow. And what I found was so sad. You can hear like the sadness in the story where her parents are praying that she doesn't look back. Oh. And it said that the angels visit her and bring her fruit. And I mean, it's just such a beautiful story. And then kind of, you know, goes into the, the story of Joseph and how he was a widower and he was about 40 years old, but, but there's all these details and it's like, yes, why don't we know these things? Exactly. It makes the story so much richer and I think more personable. Right. You know, and so you, one has to sit with why we don't know these things, you know, and um, from what I've discovered, I think it's probably because we've really been living in a, patriarchal kind of society that is leaving out women that has left out women. Yeah. And the shocking, most shocking thing I had learned was 
pretty much, I, I think overall, they believed in a mother God, okay. you know, and she was Sophia and also known as other names as like Barbalo. Um, but it was still this aspect of source that was a feminine aspect that was known as wisdom, which there are many scriptures in the Bible, both New Testament and old that reference wisdom as she. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. How, so tell us about Sophia. So there's this, there's the, these stories that are told of Sophia. One is like the mother God or like a higher Sophia. And then you could think of this other story that is a lesser Sophia. And it is the story of a fallen angel, a fallen angel who um, is from a place that you would think was like heaven, but in the Gnostic Gospels, it's called the Pleroma, which means the fullness and the void. It's Mm -hmm. sort of a place that I feel is much like heaven, though. It's the highest of dimensions. And so this is where Source created um, and mirrored himself and, and made Sophia, which is the mother God. And then they created um, these um, eons, which are like angels. And I see them as archangels as well. Okay. But there's always a feminine and a masculine. So oftentimes we hear about all these angels and they're always masculine. But supposedly there was a twin flame or, you know, a masculine for, for a feminine. Well, Sophia, the lesser Sophia, was the last of the eons, and she did not have, to her knowledge, a partner yet. Okay. She decides to create something. And in her creation, without her twin flame or without her match, so she is like a virgin, basically. This is a story of like a virgin mother. She creates, and when she creates this thing, it's not so divine because she doesn't have that full you know, source energy of creation. Okay. So what happens is she creates this mutated image of this lion-faced serpent. And because she does this, she's kicked outside of this dimension. So she falls out. She's not in pure light anymore for doing this. So she's outside of the dimension. And it's said that she almost kicks out this mutation out to the universe. Okay. And it has just enough light within itself to create a third dimensional realm. Okay. Which is earth. And so there's this whole other creation story in here. Now this, this is an allegorical story. And most of the stories that are in the Gnostic text are not to be taken as literal. Yes. I'm sure, you know, with all myths, there might be some, you know, truth, but it's really the story of a fallen being I see into the darkness, Mm -hmm. which we all go through when we go into our mother's womb. Yeah. And we don't know who we are. And this is the story of the lesser Sophia. She doesn't know who she is. She finds herself going down to this place. Because she she sees what she's done and she breathes life into Adam and she calls forth the sun and the moon and all of the trees and she stays in the trees in the garden. But, you know, 
it's, it is the story of all of us. We fall sometimes into this darkness, into this third dimensional realm. And it is for us to evolve, you know, to really the top of the tree, which is very Kabbalistic, you know, to the yeah. understanding and to the infinite wisdom, returning back to the Pleroma. And I'm thinking too, the choices, the choices that we make. What parts of ourselves are we going to feed? Are we going to nurture and feed the the parts that are our goodness, our generosity, our kindness, or the lesser qualities like anger and fear and and such? Yeah. I'm sensing yeah. that as well. Yeah, and what's beautiful is the story also says that Jesus then comes to her, which ends up being her twin flame. Wow. So if you've ever heard the word Christos Sophia or Christos even, that is the feminine and masculine reuniting. And he helps her find her light within and helps oh, her wow. up the tree of life. Yep. Okay. My mind is blown. This is beautiful. It is beautiful. I fell in love with the stories that I read in the Gnostic Gospels. I almost felt like Jesus, who teaches the Pisces Sophia to his disciples, this is the book, the Pisces Sophia is one of the gospels, or it's also known as the Sophia of Christ, mm -hmm. but it is Mary Magdalene and she is mentioned over 200 times. She's so inquisitive. She's a seeker and he's teaching this teaching um, to them. And I just, I felt like he was like a Zen Buddha master, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It was so deep and beautiful. So Shanna, I want to take a little break. And when we come back, you have an, you, I want to hear how this all wraps up in the way you work with people about yeah. your book and also an offer that you have for our audience. Okay. Yes, for okay. sure. I'll see you in a moment. Y'all, just like we're talking about nurturing your spiritual self, your psychological self, what are you going to feed yourself is how I think of, of that. I, I consider consumption more than just food and drink. It's, it's what we listen to. It's what we read. It's what we think about and meditate upon. And in that vein, the product Magic Mind has come into my life and into this podcast. Magic Mind is a really beautiful, herbaceous shot of two ounces it has things in it like echinacea, vitamin C, ashwagandha. It has lion's mane mushrooms, cordyceps mushrooms, and ceremonial grade matcha green tea. And a compound in matcha helps to extend our focus and productivity, L-theanine. And as my listener, I want to suggest that you try it. Take either 56% off a monthly subscription or 20% off a one-time order, Magic Mind is just really awesome. Vegan, paleo, and learn more about Magic Mind and this discounted offer by going to magicmind.co forward slash Lisa, my first name, L-I-S-A, and use code Lisa to learn more. Let's get back to Shanna. I love hey. Magic Mind, by the way. Yes. Isn't it awesome? Yes. Yes, I have some. Yes, I love it. That's awesome. I've been beta testing. They have a sleep magic mind that they're working on, and it's mm -hmm. really effective. It ha it's not out yet for sale, but they let me sample it, and it really helps you fall asleep mm -hmm. without any grogginess. And it's 
those good ingredients like the mushrooms and the nootropics and things that are so good for our brains. Yeah. So just a cute little shot. It's great. Yeah. Thank you for that. So will you share with us how, how you work with people, Shanna, incorporating this? Yeah. You know what? That is so, that's such a good question because I just have really realized how much that journey um, into this divine mother has affected the work that I've been doing. It seems like where I did not realize actually directly that I'd like, like I didn't do it on purpose, but the divine message of the mother is about compassion, right? It's about like, just thinking about the mother, the mother's always the one that's making the peace in the family. Mm-hmm. Well, you hope so. Like, hope so. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But, yes. you know, and also, you know, if you get hurt, she's the one who's going to put her healing hands on you. Mm-hmm. And it's just the softness that the world is missing. You know, we we're so masculine, even women. Yeah. And so I have found that as I'm doing my sessions, more grandmothers have been coming through than ever. I mean, wow. than ever. I mean, whether it is a man or a woman or whoever's on, on the table, it's like this feminine energy wants to be known. There's mm-hmm. there's this awareness that they're not only are they here to support us, but there's also this like need for them to want their stories to be told. And I know through my ancestry, I have been able to give like the French Creole women, you know, a voice that they never, ever had. And I'm so honored to be able to do that for them. So ancestry and this journey into Sophia were really both around this feminine energy, which I feel like is coming forth for everybody, even for men. And so, you know, that that's probably been the biggest thing in my life because honest to God, I never saw women as being so empowered mm-hmm. and I'm excited about it. I'm totally excited about it for me, for my children and for the world, because I feel like even mother earth, right. We think of mother earth. We, she has been neglected. Yeah. She has been left out. Right. Much like yeah. Sophia just, you know, in the dark, we don't give her any of our love or presence or gratitude. And mm-hmm. so I feel like this is coming forth. Like, see me, right? I yes. see me. And so it's just, it's something that's been a huge and nurture me and, lo- and take care of me. Yes. When yes. is your book coming out and what is it called? So it's actually called Seeking Sophia, okay. um, Wisdom, right? Um, the Allegories of the Divine Goddess of Wisdom. And in truly, when I think about the feminine in wisdom, both, um, you know, it's like that old wise woman, right? That often, yeah. you know, if you look up the word crone, you will you will see that in the dictionary it says old hag. I know, and that's not true. The crone yes. is like wise and beautiful and yes. like solid in herself is how yeah. I think of her. Right. It's, you know, we are much like the moon, right? Women, that feminine energy. It's constantly changing and bouncing around. You never know where she's going to be in the night sky. Yeah. You know, we do have to have that masculine. That's that guarantee rising in, you know, for me in the mountains, you know, rises every morning in the same place. But the moon is kind of like holding that space for us. And I feel like, um, you know, 
as a woman right now in today, in today's world, being able to speak my truth, right? And be able to honor the women in my ancestry has been really, truly the most powerful thing I've ever been able to do, ever. And and it's timeless healing. It's a timeless healing. It's for my present. It's for my future lineages. And I know all my grandmothers are just, you know, so proud of me. And all of our grandmothers are waiting for us to realize that they're here for us. And I feel like if you do your ancestry and you connect with, you know what, even though we are multidimensional you have to make space in this body. And this mm-hmm. density that we carry from trauma can be so heavy and can be so, there's so much trauma living within us. Mm. And so just giving awareness to it is like letting it, just letting it free. Be lifted. Yeah, I mm. both my grandmothers are in heaven, in spirit, and I feel very connected to both of them and just wanting their presence and compassion and and like strength. Uh to really permeate me in my awareness and in my life. I mean, imagine how long those witch trials went on for. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's crazy. And, you know, just to let everyone, whoever might be listening from Louisiana to know, I have Marie Laveau in my tree. Wow. Her story was one of the most powerful stories for me to learn. To know that a woman who was of color, because she was of mixed race, Mm -hmm. was feared. In the 1800s. is amazing. That's powerful. Yeah. And she was in her obituary in the Louisiana, in the New Orleans newspaper. Yeah. She had pages and it was titled The Sainted Woman. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. She's amazing. Yeah. So I, I do find that ancestry work has been one of the most rooted foundational parts of my journey. And I love to help people, you know, discover that. So I would love to offer your listeners 50% off of my clear workshop. Yeah. I love to do it. I mean, it's so much fun. And I just kind of assist them in um, building their tree. I use ancestry.com and we build your tree and I built a whole program around it. It took me six years to do my, (laughs) <laughs> my ancestors. Wow. So I put this all together so it doesn't have to take anybody else that long. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. I will use, I will put this in the show note. I know it's the code is clear at checkout. Yep. I will have that in, in the show notes. Yep. And that's at sense of soul podcast.com. And they can also, you know, come and listen to my journey on my podcast too. And what is the best way Shanna for people to reach out to you if they want to know more and work with you? Yeah, I also have a soul chat, you know, a free soul chat that anybody can um, find on my website at senseofsoulpodcast.com. Thank you for your presence today. I feel so much more grounded and rooted and calm. And I want to have you back on to discuss your book. Do you have a sense of when that might be out and available? So I, it's funny because Neil Donald Walsh actually challenged me to have my book done on May 1st to have it to him so he could um, maybe write the forward for it. Awesome. So my goal is to have it at least, you know, kind of maybe finished by fall, but to have at least a transcript done by spring. 
Well, stay in touch. I definitely want to have you back on and I want to read it because I feel like yeah. there's a lot here that really interests and draws me, a part of me that yeah. I haven't been aware of before. So thank you. Yes. Thank you for having me. It was so good to see you again. Happy Mardi Gras. Thank you, Shanna. Do you ever come back down to New Orleans with your family? Oh, yeah. yeah. Let me know. I'd love to see you. Yes, for sure. I will let you know. Have a beautiful rest of your afternoon. Okay, you too. Thank you. Bye. Bye. That concludes today's show with Shanna Fabra Sense of Soul podcast. Reach out to her to take advantage of her 50% off offer to work with her. And listen to her podcast, Sense of Soul, S-O-U-L podcast. Her website is senseofsoulpodcast.com. With that, all of my love to you. And I will be back with you soon. And that's a wrap. Thank you. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review All Things Therapy on the platform you're listening from. And let's connect on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at NOLA Therapy, the abbreviation for New Orleans, Los Angeles Therapy, reflecting my two favorite cities. And let's keep changing consciousness, one conversation at a time. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.